0: You're listening to The Extra Podcast, a podcast produced by Northview Community Church. Each episode, we discuss a current event, a theological or cultural topic, and answer a listener's question. We take our faith seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously, so we invite you to laugh with us or at us, and we hope you enjoy this episode as Ezra, Andrew Getter, Adam Ormald, and myself, Greg, will talk about the Joker movie, we'll talk about worship songs and writing new ones. And we'll also talk about some of Northview's involvement in local outreach and some communication strategies around that. If you want to learn more about Northview, go to northview.org. And if you have a question you want us to answer in an upcoming episode, email extra at northview.org. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Joining me around the table, we have a few new people that haven't been on, uh, some of them ever some of them in just a while. Joining me around the table, uh, we have our producer, Stephanie Warren Lang, uh, who I will uh, not forget this week. Hi. That's not her voice, uh, but it was the voice of Ezra Okody, who is pretending no, to be wasn't. Stephanie.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Ezra no. is one of our pastors here. He's our executive pastor of m- m- ministry development.
1: Oh, dear. Just keep butchering it, yep. but carry on. Anytime. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, to... Your left, as a listener, and my right, is... That's not true. uh, Andrew Gettert, He is our pastor of worship at the Downs Row campus. Hi, Gregory. How are you doing, man? It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Andrew, I saw you up in the office about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, and I thought, there's a guy who needs to be on the podcast this week.
2: Right? Sure. That's how it happened. That's that's how it happened, yeah. Not because I I was the only guy standing in you know, my vicinity, and you just happened to walk by and you were looking for somebody. But because I'm a valued member of this team, that's why.
0: 100%. Yeah. Andrew's going to help us think through and talk through one of our particular topics uh, in a few minutes here. But uh, before we get there, want to introduce our other panelist, other participant. Uh, he's one of our newest staff members. Is he our newest staff member? One of, at least. He is our Director of Communications. His name is Adam Warmald. Adam, welcome to the podcast, man.
3: Thank you. Good to be here,
0: Adam. Give us a little bit of a, a taste of who you are, what a little bit about your back, your background, history with Northview before we get going, so the the listeners can can get to know you a bit.
3: Uh, fun fact: uh, I was a intern for Mister Ezra Okodi in about two thousand and nine. Sort of the first run of yeah. interns back in the day, totally before yeah, there I, was an intern program. You shared an office with me, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, maybe, uh, almost uh, the corner.
0: Yeah. The corner, the okay, so Adam, top. help me. Ezra and I were having a fight about this earlier. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a mean fight, but we disagreed. W- were we not in the same vintage of the pre-intern program? Like Crystal Laforest was there. Yeah. Brad Steves. Yeah. The the pays program people. That's right. Yeah. And I
3: was there. And. Uh, Kalen Odermatt. Yeah. Yeah. See. But I'm going to argue. I'm going See? to say
1: this. We, I began with you first before these other clowns joined.
3: I was sort of your yeah, underling. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was trying to tell Greg. And he was fighting me. And mm. I'm like, why are you fighting me? And you can't remember.
3: I was young and aimless and I obey your, obey I just your said,
1: seniors. Obey your elders.
3: I just hung out in your office and yeah, said, Yeah, you did. I'll do whatever you want. That's and amazing. you were like, I don't know what I want you to do. There's my bookshelf. Just pick a book and read. That, yeah, was, that was great. The extent of my yeah. internship. And, he, and <laughs> now here like you, a, you are. And then like the a really official, And then the official internship started and I said, Okay, Ezra, what's the plan? What do you want me to do? Uh, there's my bookshelf, it's <laughs> go read a book, read a book. F- figure it out. That's fantastic. That was, that's that was, fantastic. Awesome. That was so, great. Yeah. So now what are you doing? You used to be an intern. I used to be an intern. Uh, then, um, I went to, uh, film school at YWAM Kona, the School of Digital Filmmaking. Uh, Started a video production company with two other Northview members, Sam Bryce and Justin Rain, Uh, in large part uh, due to our involvement at Northview and making films with Northview for Northview initially as volunteers with the Young Adults Program, and that grew to other ministries wanting videos, and then some official Northview-related projects with Greg uh, doing the Pulse series in about 2012, 2013 and various other projects over the years. And since then, we've branched out to corporate clients, working with nonprofits, businesses, organizations, and we have a studio downtown Abbotsford. Um, My wife works here. She's in the children's ministry at East Abbey um, as the uh, children's pastor there. And we've been going to East Abbey for about uh, six months. and It's been great. And then several months ago, I was approached to consider this role, which is a new role as director of communications, and uh, I'm excited to take it on and see uh, what we can do.
2: Adam, I can't even tell you how many times in the last six months I've heard the phrase, oh yeah, but the communications director is going to fix all that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's you know, kind of your runway coming into the church.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of expectations, Adam. So when you were
0: first here, Ezra would say, just pick a book. And now, you being here again, we're going to say, just make it all better.
3: Well, fun fact I said to Ezra, uh, I've, I've read all your books. Now, can I, uh, what if I start a podcast? Oh. And you said, sure, do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. So, this was your baby so, initial? No, no, no. I didn't no? start the extra podcast. Okay. I am a big fan of podcasts in general. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening since maybe before they were cool. Um and so I, before they're cool. Yeah. What you a know? hipster move. And uh so I created the Sola podcast. Oh, yes, you did. And podcast. spent a large amount of my intern hours producing that because it wasn't just a sit down around the table, talk, press record, press upload kind of podcast, which we can get into whether or not That should be the process for the extra podcast later. Uh, I wanted to really produce it the way that I really enjoyed podcasts, which was if we did an interview, I would go in the editing room, I would piece it together in a a shortened format that was the most... Interesting, and I don't know. But then I have other segments involved, interview other people, have music, do topics, kind of things like that. So
2: that way, you can always make the interviewee interviewee say something, you know, that you want
3: them to say, Absolutely. rather than just hearing. The I had a few narrative. heretics on, and I said, oh boy, I gotta fix this. That's Perfect. Right. So you yeah, yeah, just take some of that stuff out. Yeah.
0: Well, welcome to the extra podcast. Welcome to uh, our staff, brother. It's hey, thank be, you. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, cool to see how the Lord uses you in helping us as a church. Uh, So we're going to go through three different topics. Uh, We're going to pick up on a current event. We're going to talk about something happening kind of in the life of Northview. And then we're going to do a a listener question. So uh, first, let's talk a little bit about a current event. Uh, There's a movie that's come out that has sparked a lot of controversy, uh, I thought, with Adam on the podcast and his background in film. This would be a good topic for him to help us think through a little bit. Uh, So there's a new movie called uh, The Joker.
3: Just Joker. Sorry. Sorry. And uh, clarification, I uh, when you asked me to be on the podcast about thirty minutes ago, I said, "Why don't we talk about Joker?" That's right. So that's why I thought Adam
0: would be a good guy to talk about it. <laughs> More Just innovation is because he said, "Let's talk about it." <laughs>
3: See how I did
1: that? Oh, you totally, you totally did it so well.
0: Adam, as a communications director, is unveiling the veneer of. Professionalism. Hey, but it North was Hill.
3: definitely I, I submitted to your wisdom and said, "Hey, if you think that's a good topic, yeah. Greg, let's do it."
0: And I and I do. Here's what the Time Magazine says about the movie Joker, not the Joker, just Joker. Uh, it says that that uh, the Joker, the character, the long history of the Joker of being misinterpreted as a heroic figure rather than a terrorist, has added fuel to the debate over whether Jokers, the movie, particularly violent version of the character, is worthy of the screen, especially given that director Todd Phillips tried to ground the movie in a reality that mirrors our own rather than some artificial comic book universe. The discussion around Jokers center on whether the movie scrutinizes or empathizes with its protagonist, who acts of violence are born at least in part from feelings of rejection by the women in his life. That particular aspect of the Joker's personality parallels news stories we've heard about mass shooters who begin their killing spree with an act of domestic violence. Some critics have defended the movie's dive into the inner life of such a villain as a way to better understand what drives these people to violence. Others worry that the script does not do enough to make clear that the Joker's acts of terrorism are evil and not heroic. So the question that I have is... uh, Essentially, when we're hearing, when we're engaging with stories, do stories need to have a, a hero? Adam, you said you saw the film, or at yes. least am
3: I the only one? Portions am of I'm it. The only one who's seen it. So I'm uh, not.
0: I'm not looking so much to talk about the movie Joker in detail because we're not saying to listeners, you should go see this movie or you shouldn't go see this movie. We've talked in previous podcasts about the way to engage in the arts and culture as being a sieve, not a sponge. But what I want to talk about is what this uh, movie raises is the whole question of the hero in our, in our hearing of stories and our engaging of stories. Do we need to have a hero in order for us to, I don't know, be thinking well about, about film. So help me think through and help our listeners think through this whole engaging with stories like Joker, where there doesn't appear to be a protagonist that we should want to cheer on.
3: Hmm. I said, Hmm, because there was some dead air there and that's not good. No, thank yeah, you.
1: No, not, not okay. good for a podcast, but Adam, you could go. I have, I have some, uh, some thoughts on this, but you go.
3: first. Uh, I have lots of thoughts. I, as I often do, uh, Greg, you were talking for a while, and I started to go off on my own train of thought, so <laughs> I don't know exactly what the question was. I you just do your thing, man. Uh, so talking about heroes, no, I, I mean, as, as a filmmaker and having a background in film and being a film lover, I think it's wide open for uh, artists and creatives to create films of all kinds, and it shouldn't, I, I think certain audiences and certain people can gravitate towards certain types of films. And I think that's fine. If you're going to the movies for an experience where you want to feel good at the end, or you want to have someone to cheer for, great, you know, make sure you're going to those kinds of films, but we shouldn't impose on all film filmmakers that that's, that's the medium and that's what you must do. Mm. Um, And I think films like this and films that don't have a traditional hero can raise a lot of important topics of discussion. um, and, And, and that's not an endorsement of this movie. I have several things that I took issue with with this film, um, but again, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna choose one side or the other and say you absolutely need to see this film because of whatever reason. I think there are merits to it. I think Joaquin Phoenix was fantastic as an actor, and I I appreciate that from an artistic point of view, but. I, I'm not going to recommend, you know, all Christians need to go see this movie mm-hmm. or the opposite uh, as a blanket statement. Um, and there are people who are saying that, that no one should see it. This movie shouldn't exist or films like this shouldn't exist for for the reasons mentioned. And um, I don't think it's as black and white as that. So
0: before we started recording, I, I prepped these guys on the topics and I, I asked the question, do stories need a hero? And Andrew, you raised a a question that I didn't even understand your question. You said, is, is the Joker in this movie an antihero or is he a villain? And you said those things as though they weren't the same thing, mm. which I don't understand. So what does that mean? Uh, what What's a story with an antihero compared to a story with a villain, I guess?
2: Well, I think in my mind, I see a, a villain is a character in a film that is explicitly the antagonist of the film and an antihero is maybe somebody who appears to be a hero but doesn't conform to conventional patterns of um heroic actions or behaviors you know and so i'm just when i haven't seen the film so i don't know um what kind of shape the character the joker's character plays in the in the film so that was maybe a question for yeah, you, I don't know if you've seen it, or Ezra, I, if you. I, I haven't seen.
1: I haven't seen the joke of the movie, but uh, when you talk about uh, the anti-hero and the villain, a movie that comes to mind is No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. uh, which has the lead character, uh, who is a very interesting person, and you wonder, what am I going to do with this guy? What mm. am I going to do with this guy? And. I think the story the, the the director, the storyteller of the movie was basically bringing uh, or trying to tell a story of naturalism. So if you're going to follow through with naturalism to the to the nth degree, you're left with this guy. and now what do you do with him? And so he wasn't a villain per se,
3: but he wasn't a hero either. So what was he then? But he also wasn't the protagonist of the film, right. Right. There's a big difference, whereas Joker yes. is the protagonist, yes. the main character. Absolutely, on. yeah. We were following the journey of Llewellyn in No Country, Josh Brolin's character, mm-hmm. and this was sort of the antagonist of the film. Yeah. So that's a more traditional narrative, mm-hmm. where, the, where his character represented these bigger ideas of, yeah. of what he represents. Whereas the Joker, the big controversy is that there is no balance. There's no, there's no one we're only seeing that negative perspective and if there's no protagonist only an antagonist or only a villain our natural inclination as an audience member is to to identify with somebody and Mm. to sympathize with somebody and to cheer for somebody and so that's the that's the big controversy is if, if we're presenting the joker as that then that that could be dangerous if we're saying just as far as what what a, what what you go into a movie thinking is who who's the main character who am I going to identify with and so if we're saying if our if our minds are trained to identify with the lead character and their journey in a film, and their journey is leading them to destruction, it's in a way we're almost being taken on that journey with them. And should we be doing that? Should mm. we unless there's a goal of 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 exposing the dangers of be careful. And I think that's the controversy with this film is are they presenting it as a dangerous path or is it a celebration of his character and his ultimate breaking free of the system he is in? And he responded in a certain way, but since we're going on that journey with him, It causes some people in the audience to cheer. And I think that's the big thing is like, oh, but he's actually doing really destructive things. But Mm. since we've gone on this two hour journey, Mm. it can be tempting to cheer along with this character because he's the main character.
1: Yeah. But see, I think I think uh, those who would uh, struggle with a movie like that, uh, I'm going to go on a different tangent and say I think human beings by nature I think we are wired to to desire hope and to to hope for for the greater good and so movies that resonate with a lot of people that touch people's hearts would be movies where you have this redemption story behind this plot where it, it ends <laughs> it ends with the hero conquering and the Rudy. bad people <laughs> bad people being vanquished and and then the the hero has won the day and it's all going to be well and things like that. Um, And so when you have a movie that doesn't have a redemptive type of a story where um, ultimate good befalls people and there's calm, obviously it raises people's blood, like it makes people upset uh okay is is this right is this good is should we should we support this because the joke is a main character but he's being destructive and is this what we stand for and i think a lot of people who would uh, walk away come away from a movie like this they'll come away because um at the end does the character fit uh, what the human being our deepest longing is we want we want peace in the end. We want joy in the end. We want happiness in the end. We may put up with a lot of suffering as long as at the end of the day, there's peace, there's joy, there's freedom, there is happiness. Uh, but if that's not there, then it's a, it's, it's, it's a struggle.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I have run into similar points of contention with shows like you know Breaking Bad or Dexter, if you've ever heard of those shows again don't necessarily recommend watching them but you have these main characters who are just follow this conflicted journey and and pose huge ethical you know concerns and issues and raise questions of you you want to support this character because you feel like you know you identify with them in some way but they're doing things you don't necessarily agree with but the show often spins it in a way that you could kind of get behind and then you know they do something and you cheer them on and then you realize, oh my gosh, this person just like either murdered somebody or uh, escaped from the police or something, and you're kind of rooting for this, and then you start to to project like good on them because you want them to succeed and you go, oh, maybe that maybe they were actually, you know, maybe they thought about this or 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 maybe that wasn't actually that wrong, the thing they did, or they had a good reason to do it, and you start to justify their actions. And I think that can be dangerous with with those types of Shows, I don't know, maybe just being aware of those things going in and, and constantly raising the questions. But see,
1: if it's a sitcom uh, where you have season one, two, three, and so on, uh, these uh, people who will be watching a show like that uh, may be always hoping maybe at the end they'll be better. Sure. At the end they'll be better. But if it's a movie that ends with this lead character having done this thing that you find morally disturbing... A lot of people walk out of that movie th- absolutely hating this movie. So, uh, No mm-hmm. Country for All Men. I've asked a few people just watch that show and tell me what you think at the end of the day with the walk away. And a lot of people have really d- were very displeased with me. Why did you make me sh- sit down and watch through like watch this movie because it doesn't have this happy feel end mm-hmm. to it? It leaves you this question.
2: And it's a very good movie as far as cinema goes, oh yeah and, you know, storytelling
3: and yes, you know, but I guess my my question for you Ezra is is that you're you're sort of creating a blanket statement about uh people's desire for redemptive stories to me that sounds like a a statement made for the church. do you agree like when I, I hear I, that I think I don't know if that is true for everyone like a
1: I, I would say this i would say this i i I'm, i don't think that this statement is just limited to people in church i think humanity as a whole because the, redempt, the redemptive part of a story is the hope when you remove hope from people they become hopeless and therefore their life is not worth living so I'm thinking of millions of people in Africa, millions of people in, 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 in countries where there is war-torn nations. There is always hope that this will come to an end. So they're always looking forward to good news because where there is no good news, then there is there is despair. And so uh, suicide or, or uh, self-harm or just life loses meaning and hope for them. So, when I say redemptive, what I mean is I'm looking for a sunny day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a better tomorrow, even though today I can put up with the junk of today as long as there's a glimpse of a better tomorrow. And if that's not there for just humanity in general, then it makes life—life um, life loses meaning there. So I'm not just speaking to say that it's just for the Christian
3: no, I I agree with you and yes. as a Christian I I agree with everything you're saying. Yes. What I'm I think what I'm saying is that it feels like in our especially in our western culture and society there's a growing movement of people who are saying, well there is no meaning. And this a film like this is a reflection of true reality. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know It's it's a it's a mirror to hold up. This is this is a reflection of my question. And it irks us because we know there is a greater hope. Yeah, but
1: my question though is this: those who are saying there is no meaning, are they making an absolute statement? There is no meaning, or are they asking a question? Because when they look around and they see the war torn nations and they see people killing each other, the senseless killings that are happening in us, in schools down in the states and things like that, when they see the violence that's happening. They're saying, well, this is what's actually happening in our world today. So then the question becomes are movies like this asking a question or are they giving an answer? Mm. And in my, in my opinion, I think they're asking a question more than they are giving an answer to say, hey, this is how life is. I'm now making an objective statement to say this is absolute reality, and this is now what we have just to live with. Mm-hmm. I think the movie would leave you the question, is this the kind of, of future? Is this the kind of uh, uh, existence that we are seeking? Or is there more? So was the pushback to the movie that you've engaged with, Adam,
0: d- d- was it because intrinsic to the movie itself there wasn't a pushback that has caused the, the controversy? So if Ezra's line of thinking here is is right, that the reason why movies like like Joker get made is because they're not trying to answer that this is how the world ought to be, but it's merely providing a picture of what the world is or what it could be if it's unfettered from any kind of other morals or whatever, um, is the controversy around the fact that there's no intrinsic like. Other side that it, the the reader or the the viewer has to ask that question themselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? My I, question.
3: Yeah, and I I wonder if and I haven't read enough articles. I haven't followed it close enough. I mean, I was interested in the film for various reasons. I've I am I love all kinds of films. Uh, I as much as I like artistic foreign films. I also love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I love great acting. So hey, Joaquin Phoenix playing uh, an interesting character. It's going to be great. Mm. So I wasn't following it super, super close. That's why I went to see it. I think a lot of the controversy is the fear that a film like this and painting this character in such a way that he may not be vilified and he is being set up as the the hero of this story. Right. And that could... For a small, small group of people who are essentially the people who would carry out similar destructive actions, they can now identify with a character who is being shown as somewhat of a hero in that particular story, which could inspire, encourage, give, and say, see, yep, this, the reasons he's doing it are the reasons I'm doing it. And look, at the end of the day, there are people cheering him on. Hmm. Um, And so I think that's probably where a lot of the fear is, is like this film could incite what, you know, they didn't want another shooter walking into. And that was a big one. Right. So I think that's where a lot of the controversy is. And then for the greater public, it's yeah, it's a debate of whether or not we need stories like this or whether it's just our and that's just a different conversation. Yeah.
0: And again, just to reiterate what has been said in in a lot of the previous podcasts as Christians, we want to bring not we don't check off our minds when we engage with art and film and TV. We, we turn our Christian worldview even on overdrive, and we're, we're interacting with everything we come across as sieves and not just sponges. So uh, thanks for that conversation, guys. We're going to move it, the conversation on a little bit to a different topic uh, with no natural segue at all, other than the fact that this person is in the room, and I think this would be a valuable topic for him to address, at least primarily. It's the... It's the question of uh, worship songs, and in particular, the, the creation of new worship songs. So, Andrew, uh, we know that, uh, or I, I'm aware, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware, that uh, Northview has produced a single that's on iTunes. It's dropped on Spotify and iTunes. It, it originally came out with an explicit rating. Yes, <laughs> it did, Greg. That's, Thank you for that bringing that, that to my attention. That, that got dropped. You, you, you will uh, deleted that version and then you put down the version that didn't have the explicit rating. Yes, and to
2: be clear, we didn't delete it because it was explicit and put down a new version that was not explicit. We simply re-uploaded it without the tag to it, which was a simple mistake by the distributor. Fixed. Great.
3: It's not because you used a phrase like sloppy wet kiss No, like that. No, absolutely not. Mark Birch has said Lord some forbid. things
0: on our podcast which could have given us an explicit rating. But I'm not going to say it, Ezra, because of the spirit's conviction in my life. That's right. Uh, so, Andrew, and I think I saw something on, I don't know, social media maybe, about you guys uh, having a new single come out yep. in
2: a few, what, days, weeks? Um Hoping for the release date to be next Friday, actually. Awesome. Um, yeah, really excited so,
0: about it. So what motivates you uh, as a as a pastor of worship ministries to be involved with producing new songs for the church?
2: Um, you know, it's interesting that I- in the Bible, there is no biblical command ever to sing old songs, um, which, hear me out. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to sing old songs, but we are told many times in Psalms, in Isaiah, um, to sing to the Lord a new song, to sing a new song. It's actually a command. And uh, I think that we should sing new songs because we are constantly hearing uh, new stories of God's work in our lives. We're constantly finding new ways to express poetically and metaphorically how God is moving amongst us and telling stories of salvation in new and fresh ways and exciting ways. Um, uh, I think I think when we sing old songs, we connect to an entire other generation of people who sang the same songs and we connect with the people of God across generations, which is a beautiful thing and there's a, there's a you can make an argument for, Singing old songs, absolutely. But we're actually told to sing new songs and to to continually find ways to sing about God's mercy, which is new every day. Hmm. Um, And just to be... Just specifically with the music that we are putting out right now, um, it is specifically the Northview Young Adults um, group of musicians and songwriters and creatives. And it started as a project of... um, creative development and leadership development we wanted to see our musicians actually using their songwriting gifts we have a couple of gifted writers we really wanted them to be using those gifts and and uh, actually have an outlet to to kind of something to show for it you know um so we've been getting in the studio and putting our musicians to work and it's super revealing being in the studio you get to see you know all the little flaws of every little thing that you do and so that's been really edifying to our musicians. And then, uh, yeah, just to actually have kind of something to put forth and say, you know, look at, a, uh, look at the creativity that God has given us and how he's moving in our young adults and, and using them to tell new stories and,
0: yeah. So when you're designing a service, do you have a kind of like an internal compass about new songs, old songs, familiar songs? Is there like a hymn book... A virtual hymn book that you kind of pick your songs out from, or or what's the the service design process like for mm. for someone like you?
2: Yeah, so in the last year, we have chosen to adopt a model where we have a um, a bit more of a restricted set list. We used to years ago, or for years, we you know had a had a repertoire of like honestly over three hundred songs. That people were, you know, drawing from and just kind of whatever they felt would suit the weekend, and and we felt like there needed to be more consistency. It needed to be easier for our music teams to actually, you know, pull, rehearse and play the songs well and learn them. And we needed our congregation to actually mm-hmm. um, be repeating songs a little bit more because they it just takes a bit longer for some people to learn songs. And as musicians, it feels like we play the same songs over and over and over again. And then you kind of look back and talk to people over the weekends, and they say, man, I feel like I haven't even heard some of these songs. And you're like, how can that be? Because I feel like we played it every single weekend. Right. You know? And so we've actually gone to a set list of about uh, closer to 50 or 60 songs now. We've found most other churches uh, that we've had conversations with even will do like 30 to 40. Hmm. And it's, you know, you might think that to be restricting, but... Um, if we sing five songs in a service over 10 weekends, you know, that's 50 songs. That's 10 weekends of different songs every weekend. Hmm. That's 50 songs. And uh, so we sometimes I even feel like 50 is too much. But hmm. uh, yeah, so that, so we have a set list like that. And then we have a balance of singing songs from generations past, the old hymns, um, try to have a mix of, you know, really new stuff. It's just stuff that people really enjoy and that we agree with theologically and that we find to be beneficial and edifying to the church. And then you know, some songs that are maybe 10, 15 years old to kind of get the in-between. Song selection is one of the most challenging parts of this job because there, are, there is so much music out there and you have to sift through it and you can't just always sing the songs that you like. You have to sing the songs that are true and beneficial yeah. and that meet a need in your community.
0: So, Ezzie, you've been involved in preaching ministry for years and years. You have led young adults groups. You've yeah. uh, been a campus pastor. You continue to, to fill the pulpit at Northview and at other churches as a guest preacher. Can you unpack for the listener, at, from a from a, a Sunday morning service kind of big, big picture view, like why, why do we give time to singing, and what's the value of singing for a disciple... Making discipleship process.
1: Uh, right off the bat, I I, I think um, so. My goodness, I have a ton of things to say, but very quickly, uh, go to the Old Testament, for instance, and uh, when you're reading the Psalms, you will find uh, in the in the in the Psalms, um, the nation of Israel is always remembering what the Lord has done, the redemption that God gave them. So you're into, um, into the Psalms and you'll see, hey, you know, they're they remembering how the Lord defeated various kings, of, uh, the, of the Egyptians and how the Lord grant, granted them victory when they came and conquered the land. And they're always singing of the goodness and the grace of God. So uh, uh, looking into the New Testament and we begin to think what has Christ, what has the gospel accomplished for us? What did Jesus do for us? And the more you you study the gospel, the deeper you get into it to actually understand what it took to save a sinner Mm -hmm. like me and bring um, God's grace upon my life and ways in which God has saved me and uh, how he continues to love me, how the Lord finds great delight in doing good for me and those who call upon his name. Um, The appropriate response is singing, I think. Because thank you seems insufficient. Mm -hmm. So we sing to celebrate uh, this God who has done amazing things and continues to do amazing things to us. He continues to answer my prayer, even uh, to answer prayers, even when I have been faithless, even when I've been unfaithful. This God continues. To, to answer my prayers, continues to show me grace and kindness and goodness, and, and continues to be faithful to me um, and to his covenant to me, even when I have been unfaithful to him. Mm. And so when we sing, we are just basically expressing our gratitude in, in song, in poetry, to this God who has done a, like, wonderful things uh, for us. So I think uh, song selection ought to be very carefully considered. Let's not just sing songs because they have a good tune to it, or it has a good jingle to it, and it sings really well. Mm-hmm. But I think the words of that song matter. Why? Because I think, as a preacher, I could prepare a wonderful sermon and preach a really great sermon, and everybody like really resonates with what I was saying, and, and people get encouraged. But the likelihood of people remembering that sermon on Wednesday or Thursday mm. is very small. But if, if we chose a good song that had rich lyrics, people will sing that song for decades. Mm. And it will carry them through so many things because they're singing about the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God. And yes, preaching, absolutely. The Spirit mm. of God speaks when the preacher stands up and opens his mouth and opens the word and begins to expound on it. Absolutely, but singing thus is as equally important as a sermon, where you're singing the truths of God. So, in my view, worship songs need to be carefully chosen, and the words need to be carefully thought through, because you're actually teaching people theology about who God is and his faithfulness, and you're also allowing the church to declare to God our dependence on him and our trust in him and thanking him for all the things that he has done. So uh, does singing have a massive place in, in, in our worship? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. We're not just singing for the sake of, hey, you know what? I'll skip the singing, just give me the sermon and I go. Actually, no. It's, it's all of it. God delights in the praises of his people when we actually praising him and saying you know lord you're good and you and and you're faithful and you're kind and you're loving and it's a way of us giving thank expressing our thanksgiving to god for all the graces that he has uh, bestowed upon our lives yeah and andrew just to
0: affirm your ministry it's it's been cool to see you having conversations with people around the office and just your own you know, d- diving deeper into different theological works as you're trying to question. I've gotten an email from you a time or two where you've been like, "Okay, so I like this song, except like these two lines. I feel like are these two lines like gonna make this whole song now not worth singing?" And so that kind of uh, people might be sitting in our pews and thinking, "Man, we whatever. Where did they pick the song and this is just like some guy who can play piano and sing." But the the, the theological diligence that that you and your team put into to try to give us as worshipers good gospel thoughts for the rest of the week mm. and and tunes that are memorable, so that we can remember those truths, is is a huge ministry to
3: our church. So so thanks for your work in that. Absolutely, cool. man. God bless you. Uh, before we move on, can we get a plug for where we can find this song? Because I personally. That song that we're referencing, Amazing, mm. by, uh, what do you have it under for on Spotify?
2: Yeah, so you can find it on Spotify and iTunes. It's under Northview Young Adults. The title of the one that is presently out is called Amazing, and uh, the next single that we're releasing is called Give You Praise, and uh, really proud of the team
3: for what they've done on the project and hoping to just keep working on them. and. Yeah, Yeah, and I just want to give a personal kudos to you and the entire team behind it, because I remember the very first time that song was played in a live worship service Mm -hmm. with no intro, no nothing. It was just, this is another song. Like, I personally was brought to tears, Mm -hmm. and I I, I struggle to fully engage in worship traditionally because I find a lot of the songs, I, I just, it's just... Maybe it's just my style. I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me. That song Hmm. hit so hard Hmm. and man, it's just, I think you guys did a fantastic job. And so I want as many people as possible to get on Spotify. Like there have been several nights where I put that song on and I'm like, well, it's the only one here from them. It's on repeat and it'll stay on for an hour (laughs) and it doesn't get old. Like I love that song. Yeah.
2: And a huge shout out to, to. Our, the primary songwriter of that song, Amanda Ellsworth, just poured her heart and soul into it. And mm-hmm. It was a really expression of kind of where she was at in her life and, mm-hmm. and where we're at as a church, you know, and singing our theology and how we view God and just having this awesome God who, mm-hmm. you know, truly is just amazing. And sometimes a simple song like that is, is what we need. Yeah.
3: Guys, we've talked about shaking up the podcast. I'm going to do something right here. Do it. You know what? There's no reason why we can't splice that song into the podcast. So here's the song, Amazing. Thank you.
0: So we just heard the song from Northview Young Adults, and uh, we're going to transition the conversation into uh, a little bit of a different area here. We, uh, we had a listener question asking us uh, why Northview doesn't talk about their local outreach involvements very often. So, what is, so Ezra, what prevents us as a church from... Uh, Banging the drum or, or blowing the horn of the ways that Northview is involved in the city?
1: I think um, a number of factors. Uh, one of the reasons why we've hired uh, Adam Walmart, who's sitting here as communications director, is for us to figure out strategies that uh, we can employ to better communicate with our people. Uh, regarding the various initiatives that are happening at Northview. Obviously, Northview is a big church, and there are so many ministries happening. Uh, Some may ask, why are we not talking about the Imagine ministry? and the amazing things that are happening with the Imagine Ministry or the Punjabi Ministry, uh, P- Punjabi Connection and the wonderful things happening there. So there's a lot of things happening at Northview. And so one of Adam's uh, big challenges and jobs is to figure out, okay, all these things that are happening at Northview, how do we strategically communicate it to our, stra- uh, to our stakeholders? So that's that's one of the reasons why we, we are really working hard or want to work hard on how we communicate to our stakeholders, what's going on. The other thing too I would say is, um, Yes, there's a lot of ministries that are happening. A lot of local ministry that's happening. People of North, you're doing amazing things. Community groups that I've heard who are going to the food bank and helping or going to Cyrus Center or Gleaners. Community groups doing a a marvelous work. There are various individuals from our congregation who go to recovery houses on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis uh, helping out. People who are big brother, big sister, uh, engaging in various uh, community initiatives like this. One of the things that we do not want to come across as is, hey, we are doing this so that we can get airtime. Hey, you know, see, this is what we're doing and this is what we're about and this is what we're doing. So we do not want to be perceived as people who, yeah, I help you, but they go and go to the bullhorn and I blow to the world to say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing and this is what's going on and everything. However, someone may say, but there are those who attend Northview who would love to partner in or get involved in those initiatives, but they don't know that we're already engaged. And therefore, if people don't know what's going on, then how can they get involved or plugged in? And that's a fair comment. And hence, that's why, again, Adam is here, who will help us figure out how do we let people know some of the wonderful things that are happening within our congregation in the life of our church. So for example, um, this past weekend, we had. um, it wasn't necessarily like a local outreach community thing, but it was something... A lunch that Imran, our pastor of local missions, hosted for all those who are new to Canada immigrants who English is not their first language. And we have over 100 people who are there, different languages, Russian, uh, Chinese, uh, maybe some African languages and things like that. Different people from all walks of life who are there who are new to Canada, English not their first language, and they had wonderful community there. And Imran is obviously working various ways in which they can he could either integrate some of them into the life of Northview if they are not already plugged in, or rallying some of these folks and saying, hey, you know people from your country who may not be Christian, so how can we then partner with you to see how we can equip you with the gospel and you can go and share the gospel with them. So there's a lot of things that are happening here. The unfortunate thing is because of the the way we've structured our services and things like that, we don't get opportunities where we can have a whole list of announcements to say this is happening, this ministry, and this is happening, this ministry, and that's happening, this ministry, again, because of the size of our church. So, Adam, dude, you gotta, you're just first weekend, buddy, and um, there's this enormous um, enormous uh, ministry that, that Northview is doing by God's grace, and so just a strategy for communication is one of the things that we are looking forward to seeing in the coming months that uh, people get to know what it is that we're doing in our community. But there are good things that are happening, very good things that are happening in our community. One example would be we did uh, a uh, food bank takeover where we had about 50 odd people on a saturday morning showed up at the food bank and uh, we had food bank staff just standing to the side and it was not few folks who were helping out giving food and giving services and packing boxes and things like that and and engaging uh, the clients who come to the food bank for services and um, one of the things we did that is because we, we care about the food bank, we love what they do, and they're helping the people in the community. But it was also to give our congregation, some, some in our congregation said, you know what, I'm retiring in the next few weeks here. Maybe this is something I'll do long term. So they now get to partner with food bank directly to help people in their community. So it was just exposure for our people, but also helping out food bank, which was great. But we need to communicate. And Adam, that's why you're here.
3: Yeah, There's a whole lot there to talk into, and uh, I could speak all day about it, and that's one of the reasons why I came here and why I'm excited to be here, is because there's an endless amount of incredible stories to tell that deserve to be told, that need to be told, and uh, I'm excited to dive in and try my best to find ways uh, to do that. Um, Yeah, and there are so many. I think we're still finding ways to do that. I I had an opportunity to speak with... Jeff, just this morning about this coming weekend and about how we can possibly even just integrate some of those stories into the into the sermon, you know, where I would traditionally lean or where I've brought in as communications director is on a digital media standpoint of you know working with our web designers and our graphic designers and our video, um, and then hopefully doing some stuff with the podcast and social media. there simply isn't enough. We have so many stories that we, we, we have to be telling them wherever and whenever we can, and which is why I tried to grab Jeff this morning. Um, what are you preaching about? Great. Are there any ways we can highlight some of our local stories? Because as much as I'd love to do a video or we'd love to do all these other things, you know, we, we, we can't do it all. So as, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get there, we'll, we'll add some of these things, we'll do some of these things. You know, I'd love to tell the story of that luncheon. I'd love to tell the story of what Imran's doing, about all the amazing ministries we're doing in and through the church and about ordinary people. One of the things I'm super passionate about and what we've done with the Pulse, steer, Pulse video series in the past is showing how God is using ordinary, everyday people within our church— who are touched by the gospel and respond in their community in their way in their place of influence. Mm-hmm. Rather than just waiting for the church to provide an avenue to serve or joining a ministry, which is valuable and great, there are also people who have just said, "You know what? I see an opportunity to serve within my business or within my family or within my neighborhood or 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 you know what? Maybe God's calling me to go overseas." Um and and those stories are Inspiring and challenging and and you know yeah I think I think obviously Adam, with you with you coming on board, obviously
1: we look forward to to sharing uh, little snippets of these stories, but again, like you said, the stories are going to be so many. But I'm hoping that even as we get involved in our local uh, communities and helping the needy or bringing the gospel to people who don't have access to it, uh, I'm hoping that the driver for us doing it is not so that we can get publicity or airtime. We do it because we love the Lord Jesus. And as long as God knows exactly what we're doing, then praise his name. I think uh, letting people know what's going on so that uh, for the purpose of inspiring them to jump in and get involved, however God has gifted them in their own areas of influence, that is great. Uh, will my story ever be told? Maybe not, but. That's okay because the Lord already knows. So it is, it is Him whom I am serving. I, I think through church history, uh, we think of the big names, you know, the Spurgeons and the Calvins and, and the Jonathan Edwards, uh, and they did amazing things, absolutely. But how about the multiple men and women and children and preachers and, 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 and missionaries who gave their lives for gospel causes? But their story will never be told. Mm-hmm. But the Lord knows. The Lord mm-hmm. knows what they did for the cause of the gospel. And, and they will receive their reward in that day when the Lord comes to make all things new. So at the end of the day, yes, we will tell stories. And Adam, you will obviously work on a strategy of how we can tell some of these stories. But there are many more stories that will never get airtime. So if you're out there and you uh, know of a story that you think needs
0: to be told, or you have an interest in helping be a part of telling those stories through some of the different media outlets we have in terms of video making, photography, all those different things. If there, if anything in that whole conversation sparked your interest, uh, I'm sure Adam would love to hear from you.
3: Yeah, I, I would love to just take a second to give a, a call out or a plug. Um, I, I've often thought how amazing it would be to... Over the next couple of years, perhaps, uh, we'll see is develop a team uh, of people somewhat similar to uh, the worship team where there is so much need, so many services, so many bands that need to be put together, and so much of that is volunteers. Um, I would love to see a core team of creatives as well and, and to use their gifts of filmmaking, photography, design writing, acting, all of these things uh, to edify the church and, and to tell these stories and use them in creative uh, ways, integrated not only in our services, but also uh, things that we put out to the community as well. So if that's you and you're interested and you have a gift or even a, a passion that you're wanting to develop, please reach out to me or, or someone else and we can hopefully get you plugged in.
0: So if you're listening and you're interested and you want an easy email point, you can email extra at northview.org and we will direct your email off to Adam. Also, if you have a question you want to be answered in an upcoming episode, email extra at northview.org. Thanks everyone.